Beehive Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Bees. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Beehive Sports Podcast. Memorial Day weekend. Kylie Munch back with me for a full episode. Going to open things up here. Uh, first, I want to say I had a couple people mention to me last week that uh, the content of that episode, I think it was episode 10. Yeah. Um, they were like, well, there's like a, you know, the PGA championship going on. You didn't talk about that. You know, a bunch of different things. Uh, Phil was literally in the middle of the back nine while I was recording. So I couldn't really throw out too much about that because they weren't done playing. So that's why. So I'm starting off this week's episode with congratulations, Phil, the oldest person to win a PGA championship at age 50. A major at all, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, yeah, it is a major. Oldest player to win a major. And, uh, but I think what kind of stole the show a little bit, in my opinion, because I just thought it was funny, was the DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka little, little thing that happened there on the video at the end. Now there's a hundred memes all over the Yeah. Place. It's an, yeah, it's become a meme. Uh, everybody's calling for them to be paired together or fight. Either one. Uh, Cowboy said that he, he thought they should fight right at the tee box at hole one next tournament. It's like, <laughs> I love it. Uh, I think Kepko would win in a fight, even though Deshambo's bigger. But Deshambo just got big. Like, he's new big. Because <laughs> if you look at him like two years ago, that, that growth took place yes. like over yep. quarantine yep. or over Correct. COVID or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, but I think Kepka hates him more. And I think that's a driving factor in who wins fights is like passion. And so I think Kepka wins the fight. I also think Kepka probably wins at golf because he's just better. But Deshambeau's more fun to watch like off of the tee box. Yeah. He's well. It's good for golf, I think. It is there's a little, great for the sport. There's a little rivalry. Great for the sport. <laughs> so then to further the feud, Capital One announces the next match, July 6th, and it's going to be uh, – Mickelson and Brady versus Rogers and DeChambeau. And then Kepka quotes the Capital One tweet at Aaron Rodgers. Sorry, bro. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is, yeah. And then DeChambeau responds like, living in your head rent free. <laughs> Whatever. That's what everybody who like has nothing else to say. That's what I always say to people who rag on the Astros. Because I have nothing else yeah. to say to them. And they're like, uh-huh. Astros are cheaters. I'm like, yeah, you're still thinking about it. And then you're hitting root three. <laughs> right. So that's because I have nothing else to say. <laughs> nothing clever. No response. Like, <laughs> they cheated. I know. And there's nothing for me to say to combat that. So they're in your head. Right. So I'm excited for that. Um, did you watch the last one by chance with Brady and Mickelson and Tiger and uh, – Peyton? Yes, I did. I, I don't know. I don't know if I watched the whole thing, but I definitely saw it. Saw it. Saw when I remember Brady dumped that. Brady hold out from, from like, like 150. Right. Yeah, I remember way. that. Because yeah. I'm like, why? And it was after he like shanked two into the woods. Right. So I'm like, right. You know, but right. that was that was really fun to watch though, just because. Uh, I mean, clearly, like the pro golfers play the hardest courses that there are. So if they hit a tree or something, like it's kind of normal because it's a tough course. But, like, watching, you know, like, Peyton 
just completely duck hook one like in the bushes, just terrible shots. It brought a little bit of like realism mm-hmm. to the game and it shows you how exceptional pro golfers really are. And you know, it's just a tough sport. I've something I've taken on in the last five years and I, it's frustrating, but then you make like one nice shot and you're like, all right, you know, I'm coming back. So I'm excited for that, but I think it's on like a Tuesday or Monday or something, which is really dumb. I don't know why they're doing that. that July sixth, yeah, because the fourth is is on a weekend this year. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, for Sunday, so it's Tuesday. That match is yeah. on a Tuesday. It's really strange. Yeah, for sure. NHL playoffs—they're just about heading into round two. A lot of frustrated people in northwestern Pennsylvania because the Penguins get bounced by uh, the Islanders. So I have a lot of Penns fans, friends, I'm sure you do too. We were all calling for, you know, a bunch of changes, clean house. Other than that, I really just watched. Jari had a rough series. Yeah, Jari Jari was the one that everybody was like, dude, you're playing yourself out of a job. The one play, though, I think it was game, game, how many did that go? Did that go to seven or six? I can't six. Six. They Islanders won four two. Yes. Yeah, I think that's correct. So yeah. Game five was the one where he had made the bad an OT made the bad pass. A terrible pass. Yeah. Right to like and put it on his tape. <laughs> a coworker, uh Bond, he played that for me like multiple times and was just like every time he watched it, because he was just torturing himself, he's a huge pen Who was it going to? <laughs> Who was he passing to? He's pissed. So uh Yeah, they and I don't, I don't know a lot about hockey and stuff. Yeah, I don't watch myself either, so I can't really say been betting too a lot much. Of it. But, but, uh, but I know he had a rough. And I've, I've, I don't know. Maybe you know, maybe it was guys in front of him. I've seen some of that too. You don't know. There was one game seven, Vegas and uh, Minnesota, and Vegas crushed him. Right? Wasn't it like six two or something? I think it was a slaughtering. But yeah, so that's mostly heading into round two now. Uh. NBA playoffs are still – they're about middle of the first round at this point. Yes. And, again, I've been watching. Uh, one team that I think could surprise even Brooklyn is uh, Milwaukee. They're just trouncing the heat every game. And even, uh, you know, was it game three, which I, was yesterday. As no, that was game four thing. yesterday. They game swept, four? They swept, oh, yeah, they swept them. them. Yeah, yeah, you're right, elimination game. So, even that game, they were, I guess they won one by two points in overtime, and then they just trounced them the other three, right? Yeah. I think that's correct. And they uh, were down the majority of, well, at least the first half, and then they went, yeah, Yeah. and then the third quarter just came out and was, you know, Heat couldn't make any shots, Bucks couldn't miss. Giannis had like 13 assists. Most of them came in the third quarter. He's just kicking out passes all over the place. And yeah, they've looked good. I honestly think, in my opinion, that Philadelphia is an even better team than Milwaukee. Really? Yes. So I haven't watched I'm, them. I'm more impressed with them personally. But I mean, they're but they're beating the hell out of. But I don't know if anybody can beat Brooklyn. Yeah, <laughs> but, Brooklyn's tough. But if I were to pick somebody to take on Brooklyn in the from the East, it would probably be Philly, in my opinion. So we'll see. It will come down to probably those three teams, right? I and, and as the favorites, to I would think so. Make the finals, and then in the West, 
Uh, I just am cheering against the Lakers, whoever they run into, because I, I don't like LeBron. It's funny you say that because I found myself more interested in that series than any other series in cheering for Phoenix pretty, yeah. pretty hard. Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah, yeah, LeBron's just really in my world villainized or villain villainized. Do you say that? He's made himself a villain. I'll say it that way. He's made himself a villain to kind of, you know, the law enforcement side. And plus, I just think he just plays, I don't know, soft. He gets hit, and it's like the end of the world. On on the Facebook page, all these people are now sharing. They're, like, adding memes to the Beehive Facebook page, and uh, they're all, like, (laughs) geared towards, like, LeBron. There was one, somebody shared a video might have been Hunter. I can't remember. But it's a video of uh, him flopping, and then it, like, transitions to an Oscar, and, like, he wins the It's, like, the full video, though. It's crazy. It's so weird. Like, I, I had a little take on this, because, like, he's done this since Cleveland days, and I- I'm a Cavs fan. And so, like, I obviously had some love for LeBron, but he's done this, and it's bothered me since back then. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. It's so weird. Like, he wants to, like, he had that game-winning shot in game two, I think it was, yeah. the three. And, and like, I don't know what he – because after he got hit in the eye. That's the that was State the Golden State, State game. game. Yeah, the play-in game. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, you're but, – um, But, yeah, he gets hit in the eye. And then he has to say after he makes a shot that he saw three – Saw rim. triple. Yeah, I saw three rims yeah. shot for the middle rim. Like Dude, He's got a weird thing where he's got to, like – make these big moments he tries to make them even bigger he like tries yeah. to dramatize everything like i don't know what it's it's a weird thing that and, and that's it, what I mean, the moment's yeah. already big enough like you don't need to like he wants to try he like tries too hard to make every moment that even bigger this is a perfect way to describe it because he, he, he that's exactly what he does and it's it's like in the post game you could have just been like you know we were down needed a basket threw up a shot yeah, it was long range, but luckily, you know, yeah. went my way. But, and, he, but he's in. He's like still rubbing his eye. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's like <laughs> puts an eye patch on. Yeah. It's a, like a parrot on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. It's a pirate for the entire post game interview. It was ridiculous. Uh, like I just yeah. So that's pretty much where I'm at with the NBA playoffs. So I'm paying far more attention to the East. I know uh, Utah's obviously going to be somebody who's going to be tough to beat. They're tough to beat all season. I think they're the one seed for the West. They were there, and they not only the one seed, they had the highest point differential in the entire NBA, which was like it was one of the highest of all time, I guess. I know they were uh, missing Mitchell in the first game, and they lost, but now he's back, and I don't think they're having any issues. Yeah, they played very well. Gobert is very underrated good. Doesn't get talked about very much. From Utah? Their center, yeah. Yeah. So, last thing really for opening, I just have to mention it because we've talked about it previously. And <laughs> do you know who the top selling jersey in the NFL is right now? I do not. Tim Tebow's number 85 for Jacksonville. I should have known. <laughs> so, guy's probably not going to make the team. And he's top selling jersey. He just, everything he touches turns to gold. Doesn't matter. And now Brandon Jacobs is all pissed off. Did you see that? No. The old running back yeah, from the Giants. I he's mad. But... And he's going to come back as a DN, he says. Because he says, and this is a quote, there's no way Tim Tebow is more athletic than me. 
Okay, Brandon. <laughs> if you say so. Uh, I would like somebody to sign him to a minor league contract to see if he can just make contact with a fastball or a curveball. Because Tebow can. That's because he's athletic. He can play multiple sports. He's a really good athlete. It's not like we said. I mean, we were, nobody's saying he was great in the NFL. Made it there. One of one of one of my favorite playoff games of all time. Throwing a dart to when the D baby, Demarius. <laughs> yeah. Throws a dart to Demarius, yep, beats Demarius the Steelers. Thomas, yep. Walk off. Yeah. But the yeah, I don't know. It's just crazy how many people are upset about this. Like for him to come out and say all of that. Like, how about just Brandon Jacobs just say, I think I want to try and make a comeback too. I think if Tim Tebow can do it, then I can too. Just say that. Also, the Bills are looking for pass I was going to say that. I was going to say the Bills need pass <laughs> so, Maybe they want them. So, Brandon Bean, if you're listening, which you're not, but if you ever do, Brandon Jacobs is out there, and he's looking to be a pass rusher. So. He's hitting the gym hard. Yeah. Hilarious. Did you see the pictures of Tebow from yeah. the training camp? Yeah. Juiced. Yeah. Looks like DK Metcalf. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right, we're going to take a break, and we will be back with sports history. We're going to do 10 facts. Kylie is going to do the color commentary. Hold tight. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Chris Rossetti, and I wanted to take a moment to tell you about our new website, D9in10sports.com. It's just like the old one, but with the word and in the number 10 added to the end. D9in10sports.com is your new home for District 9 and District 10 high school sports, and we are doing all the things you have come to love from us, plus much, much more. Our goal is the same, to cover every sport at every school in both D9 and D10 in a variety of ways, including writing, video, and audio. If you're a high school sports fan, you need to check out D9in10sports.com today. Let's take a look back at This Week in Sports History. This edition of This Week in Sports History is brought to you by D9and10sports.com, the home for all things District 9 and 10 sports. If you love sports, this is the place to be. All right, we're running with 10 facts again, and we're going to start off. Number one. In 1918, Cleveland Indians pitcher Stan Kowaleski sets a club record for the most innings pitched in a game with 19 in a 3-2 win over the Yankees. He pitched 19 innings. That's impressive. That doesn't... You know, we'll, what, what happened? He was probably, They probably threw like 70 miles an hour back then or something. That's probably true. <laughs> but they did like all those crazy wind-ups yeah, right. and everything, you know? I just am like... That one fascinated me because I'm yeah, like... Yeah, for sure. Nobody ever does... They, if they pitch nine now, it's like, holy shit, right, a complete yeah. game. Yep. And now at least, you know... Back then, and there's actually a bunch of these. Like, I've read a bunch of, uh, when I go through all these, you know, 
I could do 10 of these just probably in a week. Well, right. Cy time. Young had like 600 wins or something stupid. Like he pitched every other game yeah. or something. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Those guys' yeah. arms must have just been... Just robbery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. 1919. Casey Stengel releases a sparrow from under his ball cap. Have you ever heard this story? Mm-hmm. Okay, so 1919. This guy plays for, I believe it's the Pittsburgh Nationals, but I also saw it was the Pirates, and I didn't look to when to see when they changed their name. So Carmen Hill tells this story. He was a teammate of Casey Stengel. Casey Stengel signs with, you know, the Pirates, Nationals, whoever they are. The owner at the time is Barney Dreyfus. Well, Casey Stengel wants a raise. So he goes to Barney and says, you know, I want a raise. Well, Barney says... If you're hitting 300 over June after June 1st, or at June 1st, if you're hitting over 300, I'll give you a raise. June 1st rolls around, he's hitting 320. Goes to Barney. Barney's like, yeah, we'll talk later. Well, this didn't set well with Casey because he thought he'd been had, you know. So he's sitting in the dugout next to Carmen Hill. A sparrow comes flying in, and it lands right on Carmen Hill. Carmen, it's like a baby. It's kind of young, can fly, but not great. Casey Stengel says, give me that. And Carmen's like, what are you going to do with it? He's like, just give it to me. So he takes it. He puts it under his hat. Well, he's up to bat. He goes up there. And then uh, after the, you know, he had a bad taste in his mouth because of this fight with Barney Dreyfus. He stands there and looks at three straight strikes right down the middle. Turns around to a crowd of Pittsburgh fans that are booing him. Takes his hat off and the sparrow flies away. That's it. It's a true story. Most it's hilarious. Thing. Yeah. He's pissed off, so he took three straight strikes. Takes his hat off. Sparrow flies away. Crowd's like, okay. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> oh, moving on. Number three. 1922. Babe Ruth is suspended one game and fined $200 for throwing dirt on an umpire. That would equate to a $3,200 fine today. Just thought it was interesting, the, the money, you know, how mm-hmm. in, inflation, I guess, mm-hmm. or whatever. But mm-hmm. also throwing dirt on an umpire. I mean, don't, don't they do that all the time now? And that kind of like what you do, you kick it. Kick it, yeah. kick it on them, yeah. yeah. Number four. 1922. U.S. Supreme Court rules that organized baseball is a sport and not a business, and thus not subject to antitrust laws. I don't think that that's the same anymore. It's definitely a business. All professional sports are, are businesses, right? But I also think right. it's funny that they had to rule it a sport because it's obviously a sport. But, yeah, I don't know. The way the game has gone and the money and the brand making and all of that, it's definitely a business. Number five. 1930. 21-year-old Australian cricket master batsman Don Bradman scores 252 not out in a tour match for Australia in a game versus Surrey at Kensington. At, at Kennington. Do you know anything about cricket? Like nothing at all? Zero. Same. I know shit about cricket. Nothing. But apparently that must be good. 252 not out. No clue what it means. I wouldn't have any clue. No, but I like throwing some cricket shit in here every once in a while. 
just because nobody knows anything about it. We can pretend we do. We can, yeah, here we are. <laughs> but we both just openly admitted that we don't know anything about it. <laughs> Number six. 1940. Adolf Kiefer swims a world record 100 yards in a backstroke in 58.8 seconds. Couple of things here. Being named Adolf in 1940, probably not good. Probably had a rough time with that. Also, I, yeah, I, I think that's actually it. Just that poor guy. World record, backstroke, still named Adolf. Not a good time to be named Adolf. From that point forward, now it's never a good time to be named Adolf. Nobody does that, right? Like has a kid and they're like, Adolf. I don't know. I'd have to search Facebook, I guess, or something. There's got, there, I'm sure there's some Adolfs out there, but shame on their parents. Right. Yeah. Not a good thing. Number seven. 1983. American League president Lee McPhail suspends Yankees owner George Steinbrenner for one week for his public criticism of umpires. So everybody who listens knows that I take any chance I get to take a shot at the Yankees. But I side with them on this one. What the hell does suspending an owner do for anything? Right. It's no impact on the game. Right. Well, he can't go to his office. He has to watch from home. When was this? 1983. Yeah. Right. It's just good job, Lee. You really showed Might George. Be harder to get games back then, I guess. But yeah, uh, on television, yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably not the Yankees, though. Maybe not. I don't know. They had their own network forever. That's why they're so got all that money, right? I just thought that was funny though. Like, good job, Lee. You really showed George. Now he had to watch from his mansion instead of his, you know, luxury suite. At least suite. listen to it on the radio, yeah. If nothing else. Number eight, nineteen ninety-three. In Major League Baseball, Carlos Martinez famously hits a ball off of Canseco's head for a home run. Yeah. What, like. I imagine in my head that anytime a slow pitch softball player sees that play, they're like yelling four base award. That's a four base error. That doesn't count for our home run total. That one doesn't count. Right. Right. Right, Three, two. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a extremely misunderstood rule. Four base award, four base error. You think so? Yeah. I think a lot of people get it wrong because they think well, like, anytime somebody reaches over a fence to try and rob a homer and it tips their glove, they're yelling, no! Yeah, oh, or, or they're just hoping. Trying to get the call. I'm trying to get the ump to give it yeah. to them, yeah. Type that thing. could be too, but I just think a lot of people just don't know what it is. Yeah. And just kind of go with it. Number nine. 2006. Barry Bonds hits number 715, passing Babe Ruth. Hall of Famer, no. Bonds? Yeah. He'll never get in. But do you think he should? I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't have... I think all those guys should. I think so, should. The steroid era is what it is. It doesn't make them... It doesn't make what they did any less, like, still there. Not to mention, they've probably let in and skirted around, like, 20 guys who haven't got... Who didn't get caught juicing. Right. So there's guys getting in that did juice, and I think that... The ones who they know juiced and they're like treating them. I don't know. Like Jeff Bagwell. Look at him in 1990 and then look at him in 94. Mm-hmm. It's like bonds with the Pirates and then bonds with the Giants. Mm-hmm. They're just two different humans. 
Are they not going to let A-Rod in, too? They're probably not. They should, though. But they probably won't. But I also think that the people who elect in uh, the Hall of Famers for baseball, those sports writers, I think they're all douchebags, kind of. Because they, like... Wasn't there one one person who voted no for Jeter or something? Or somebody who, like... There's, there hasn't, some, there's been very few unanimous. Mariano Rivera was one, was either first. Maybe at, he's the one I'm thinking of. No, he was unanimous. Oh, I'm he was? Sure. Okay. But the, yeah, I mean. I don't know. There was one recently who clearly just everybody should have voted should yes. Have, yeah. I think it was Jeter. It could have been. But they're like, one guy says, nope. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, dude. You're just doing that to do it now. Being a dick. Number 10. 2017, Tiger Woods is arrested for DUI in Jupiter, Florida. He had a rough go there for a little bit. He's still having a rough go. Yeah, he still is. But he won, you know, he came back, he won, uh, was it the Masters? Right. And then, was it the Masters? Yep. Yeah. Came back, wins the Masters, and then he piles up another car, breaks legs and stuff. I wish he, yeah. But I think that whole... Time period, though, when he got the DUI, that was when it was, like, bottom of the barrel for him. Yeah, because he still had, he was still good and had a chance at yeah. catching Jack. I mean, he's still good if he would just not get in wow. car crashes. Yeah, I don't know if he's ever going to golf again competitively, but. You don't think? I don't know. Is Maybe. It, I I hope for his, I hope for his. Yeah, it'd be nice but, to see him come back. But he's good for the game. It's hard to imagine. Love that, Tiger. That he's going to. Yeah. He was already struggling pretty bad. Yeah, it seemed like that Masters run was just kind of his last miracle run, but you never know. You never know. Phil won at 50. How old's Tiger? It's going to be in his 40s. Yeah, probably late 40s. Late 40s. All right, that'll wrap up sports history. This edition of This Week in Sports History is brought to you by D9and10sports.com. The home for all things District 9 and 10 sports. If you love sports, this is the place to be. Take a break. We'll be right back with the things that sting. In sports, according to Joe. Welcome back to the Things That Sting. Real quick, before we get into uh, the topics today, we're going to revert back to the sports history segment. Tiger Woods is 45. We figured that out on the break. And Kylie has a little bit about the umpire issue. Yeah, we said that the, they kicked dirt on the umpire. I think what they actually do is they kick dirt on the plate on the normally. <laughs> Piss the umpire off, make him have to clean the plate so off. Bend over, get his little brush out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's definitely what it is. Yeah, they don't. I don't think they kick it on him too much. Yeah, maybe it's happened, but it probably happened. I think the more thing is on the plate. Yeah, they cover the plate. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the uh, the dude from the Braves minor league team that went on that like insane rampage in two thousand eight, <laughs> throwing the throwing the 
rosin bags like they were hand grenades. It's awesome. And actually, that was I lived down there when that happened, and I was at the game the next night. So I just missed that by a day, which sucks because that would have been hilarious to watch. But all right, we're gonna open up here with a little bit about the show Undisputed, hosted by Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. Where this past week, Shannon whips his cell phone out on the set, live on television. They're having a debate about Julio. He calls Julio Jones on his cell phone, puts him on speaker, and basically gets him to say that he's definitely out of Atlanta. And then asks him, because there's a picture that went around about with Julio with like a Dallas Cowboys shirt on. And everybody's like buzzing, you know, looks like, you know, it's a clue. It wasn't. And Julio actually kind of dissed Dallas and was like, no, I ain't going there. No way. Uh, So... This caused a lot of issue with Fox and in the state of California where they were recording. It actually could prompt criminal charges because it's a two-party consent state if you're recording somebody on a phone, which is actually the same in Pennsylvania. I don't know the grading of the crime in California. So most of you who listen, I think all of you probably know I'm in law enforcement. Well, One of the things that I actually am certified to do which I'm one of like two or three people in the county who can do this is I'm wiretap certified. So I can actually wire up people, record phone calls and stuff like that. But I mean, there's a process to it. I just can't just do it. You know, I have to get judges blessing on things, have reason to be doing it and all that stuff. Um, So in Pennsylvania though, what Shannon Sharp did, if Julio was felt wronged and wanted to press criminal charges, it's a felony. So, uh, they interviewed Pat McAfee and McAfee said that his sources in, in Fox and in the league or whatever, said that Julio had no idea that he was being recorded, thought that Shannon was just giving him a phone call. And if you listen to the dialogue of the call, did you listen to it? Uh, I heard some of it. Yeah. It's very natural phone call. Like does not tell him he's live on the air and does not, you know, it's very like, he's like, Hey, it's uncle Shannon and mm. asked him about whatever. So, uh, yeah, being a two-party consent state, obviously Julio Jones isn't going to press charges on Shannon Sharp, but he did. Shannon put him in a shitty spot, I think. I think it's a dirtbag move to do what he did. Pat McAfee did something similar, but it was actually hilarious, and it was only because, uh, and he did tell him he was on the air, but do, did you watch that when Pat McAfee got banned from ESPN? Yes. Or no, what happened? He didn't get banned from ESPN. Yeah. ESPN employees were no longer are no longer allowed to go on the Pat McAfee yes. show. And the day he found that out when, when uh, somebody leaked, somebody at ESPN leaked a memo to him that they had all received. They since retracted that too. I don't know. <coughs> if you know. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. But for the short time that it was in existence, the day he got the memo, he puts a dude on speakerphone, calls him and was like, what's going on? And this dude's like, are we on the air? And he's like, well, yeah. And he's like, you could just hear the disgust and he like hung up and he's like texting. I'm like, I'll call you later. Idiot. <laughs> Can't get me fired. So, but kind of the same scenario, but not really. He did tell him he was on the phone, but yeah, it's like making a phone call on the air is what I'm talking about. So he calls Shannon calls Julio. Julio doesn't know. Uh, Pat McAfee's interviewed and says that uh, the people at Fox are like mum about it right now. Won't say a word, won't comment, but 
his like his like inside source at Fox Sports, I guess it's like caused uh I think the quote was a major stink bomb, is what they said. So I don't know if that Shannon's gonna get like in trouble internally or what, but uh it was not a good move on his part. And ignorance to law obviously isn't a defense, but he knew or he didn't know what he was doing was illegal, clearly, or he probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have done it. But yeah, if he opens the conversation with, hey, Julio, we're on the air, you know, I'm reco- we're recording right now live or whatever, then it's a different story. As long as Julio says cool and continues to talk, otherwise mm-hmm. it just hangs up. But I still want to hear, I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm still not fully convinced that Julio wasn't in on it. Well, per- I, personally, that's, that's what it really comes down to. But he hasn't right. said, I, I feel like if I know, he was what- in on it, he would have been like, no, I knew he was calling. He told me he was going to call me. Mm, I don't know. I think it. I think it could be a ploy to get out of Atlanta type thing. Well, I think he's out of Atlanta either way. But yeah, I. I think he. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, it's tough it, to say. But if he and he very well could have. And that was what I said on one of the Facebook pages I commented on on the story. I said if he wasn't in on it, it's a dirtbag move by Shannon. Mm-hmm. If he's in on it, then sure, whatever. But I. I don't know. I don't know why that would upset I, the Fox Sports people. I can't believe that that Shannon would do that to him. Like, I feel like that would be a complete deal breaker. Like he would, like he would never talk to the guy again. You know, yeah, he'd be pissed. I'm and, sure and a lot, and, might be. And, and he might ruin his his image altogether with any athlete. Then, and, right? Yeah, and nobody's going to trust I, him. Right? Yeah, like, He's, he went full journalist. Like, so I, I just find it. I find it hard to believe that, but we'll say maybe, 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 like you said, maybe well, it was just complete ignorance. And the other people I saw commenting were like, well, everybody knew. I said, yeah, everybody did know he wants out of Atlanta, requested a trade. That's been known. But what it wasn't known was that he was like, man, I'm out. Like kind of mm-hmm. almost a little bit of like irritation with the Falcons. Right. I, that's kind of where I, that's kind of like where I'm at with it is like he was trying to like push along the process a little bit. And it could be, it could be. But maybe not. I but don't if, know. That's just my like gut feeling yeah. from seeing it from the outside. I don't. You know, we'll. I've, I maybe we'll eventually find out. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Maybe it'll all get swept under the rug. Right. Who knows? Maybe we won't hear anymore. There's just not much to talk about right now. So people are. Yeah, people are <laughs> grasping at anything. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So the next story: uh, former Michigan State basketball star Keith Appling is arrested in Michigan in a deadly shooting of a 66 year old man. And then he drove away from the scene. So a little background on Appling, Michigan State basketball player from 2010 to 2014. He went undrafted, spent two years in the NBA D-League, one year with actually the Erie Bayhawks, which isn't far from here. So who knows what the hell he was up to up there. Uh, Hanging out at cell block. Could, could have been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He probably was. Or what? I can't remember what the place on the corner was called. Yeah. Doing some hood rat shit, it sounds like, though. Because wait till you hear the rest of this. And and then, anyways, more on the background. One year with the Magic in 2016 uh, before he went to Mexico and played a couple seasons. And that was leading up to, like, 2018, 2019, which is when legal trouble really went array. Um, In this particular case, the elderly victim was one of his relatives that he got into a heated argument with. Uh, shot the guy a couple times who's, I don't know, his uncle, his grandpa, I don't know what he is. 66, so probably not grandpa, but probably like an uncle. Maybe. I don't know. It says relative. So he shot his own relative, killed him. Flees the scene. Police arrive. 
found the gun at the scene. The gun was uh, laying next to Keith's Michigan State hat. <laughs> so, very little, leaving a little too much evidence at the scene. But of course, his family actually, you know, who was all there for it, must sounds like it was like a family gathering, and family members clearly cooperated and were like, "Yeah, it was Keith. He's our, you know, my nephew, my son, whatever." So he flees the scene in a Buick Regal. Um, it's not the first time that Mr. Appling has been in trouble with the law. He served a year in jail and five years probation uh, from an incident in 2017 where he was actually it was 2016. He was sentenced in 2017 uh, where he was arrested for carrying a concealed weapon without a permit, uh, resisting arrest and obstruction, obstructing a Detroit police officer during a traffic stop. Then again, in 2020, so just last year, he was arrested on a traffic stop where he was transporting 19 grams of heroin. So guy's got some problems, it sounds like. You know, it's not uh, not a one-time deal. One-time deal, yeah. He, he took a bad path somewhere. And it's a shame because, I mean, playing in the NBA is really hard. He did it for one year. But I would, I would argue that playing in like these Mexican professional leagues and overseas, that's not just something that anybody can do. Right. It's usually the D1, D2 athletes, basketball players that don't make the cut in the NBA. Obviously, there's only so many roster spots. Yeah. I mean, there's drafted. hundreds of schools out there. Right. So these guys, you know, I, I, there's only like 60 guys that get drafted. There's a year, couple so. guys <laughs> who, uh, when I worked at UT Chattanooga that I got to know. Uh, Kevin Bridgewater, Nikias Dokes, like the, they all went overseas to play. So it's still a tough thing to do. So this guy obviously was a really, really good athlete, really good basketball player, and just somewhere took a bad path. And it's it's too bad to hear about, but uh, I would assume that he will never see the light of day again with a homicide with uh, several witnesses, you know, probably going to get life for that. So sad ending to what could have been a promising career. Uh, one thing I'm going to add real quick before we get into potentially the worst play in baseball history. And this is going to be like a one sentence shout out to Mike Onorati because he sent me a text and requested that I talk about some defensive back named Witherspoon from the 49ers who I guess just recently like said that he was the best defensive back on the team during the, the playoff run that they had, you know, when they were uh, with Garoppolo, I guess, a couple years ago. I never heard of him. <laughs> and that's what uh, said. He was decent, got hurt, came back, got smoked in one game, like destroyed and played special teams the rest of the way. <laughs> but he, I don't know. It, so throwing this out there for Mike, because he was upset with this Witherspoon guy. So I'll be upset with you, Mike. I've never heard of him, though. We're going to move on to the biggest blunder possibly in Major League Baseball history. Kylie, go ahead. Okay. I think it was Thursday, this past Thursday afternoon. It was a day game against Pirates and Cubs. Uh, I don't know, inning stuff doesn't matter. There's two outs. Um, guy on third, I think, is what it was. Somebody said second. Oh, guy on second. Yeah. And he that would be, that'd make sense. Yeah. yeah. Guy on second. Javi Baez batting. Hits a ground ball to third. Uh, third baseman throws to first for the last out of the inning. The throw pulls the first baseman off the bag uh, towards home plate. And Baez, seeing that he was coming off the bag, kind of tried to avoid the tag, just stopped. 
and uh and the first baseman you know like kind of goes to tag him and and bias retreats towards home plate then and he continues to retreat meanwhile there's two outs the pirates first baseman you know he what's his name craig will craig will craig um he, two outs he could have turned around touched first base ending over he continues to follow bias down the line and meanwhile they're getting closer and closer to home plate the guy that was on second at this point had rounded third and he had kind of been watching what was going on he breaks for the plate takes off for the plate and th- he goes into a slide craig sees that he's breaking for the plate and he kind of panics you can tell and tries to throw the ball to the catcher. Yeah. Which, and the guy's safe. Baez then you know, gives the safe call. Yeah. And and then he realizes, oh, I got to get to first. And yeah. he takes off for first. Well, the Pirates, as inept as they are, didn't, <laughs> didn't Adam Frazier didn't cover first base. No. So Baez makes it to first. And they try to, they try to throw it to, Frazier, he's like trying to cover first. Yeah. The ball gets by, goes into right, right field. field. Baez gets to second base. Yeah. So this <laughs> uh, is just a mess. It's just a complete disaster. Everybody's in laughter. Now, there was three things here. As I said, he could have just turned around and touched first base, right. heading over. That's what everybody, I think that's like the main point that everybody's hearing. Yeah. That's the, it like would have been the, the easiest base. thing. Why are you, ch- why are you running? Right. Around? Yeah. In, Okay, so say he pulled you off the base, the the throw pulled you off the base. He got baited into at that point, just keep following him and tagging him. And I didn't even realize the first couple of times I watched it that there was two outs because when I was watching, I was like, man, that's bad. But two outs makes it that much worse because two outs makes it way worse because of of what happened down at right. the plate. Because it doesn't matter when the run scored. As long as they get Baez out, the run doesn't count. Right. No matter what. Because he's forced to go to first. Correct. That, so that runner, throwing yeah. the, at that point, throwing the ball was the absolute worst thing. Right. He because could have all done. you have to do is tag Baez. Whether or, the run scores first or he could or have just turned around and touched the base when the throw came to him. Well, right, right. But I mean, at, the, at that point, once he got to that point, the worst thing he could have done there was throw the ball because it doesn't matter if the run scores first or not. Right. All you got to do is follow by keep following Baez and tag him, yeah. and the inning's over. I still no think run. so. There's definitely, obviously, like the fundamental error that took place on the Pirates' side, but I still will argue that Baez is an idiot too because he thought he even threw up the safe sign. Like, right. He's like, yes, we he thought know, the run, run counted. Scored, he no definitely thought the run he, counted. Yeah, and and if he at any point gets out before he reaches before first. he reaches first, that run does not count. Correct. Yeah, and. It, I've never seen a rundown between first play, first base and home plate. Right. Ever. Right. There's actually, I've heard a lot of people this week thought that once you retreated back, you were automatically out. I, I was c- kind of curious about that too. You're, you're giving yourself up. I had never heard that. Um, I talked to, um, Hondo at the, at the Elks. Yeah. And he said that when he played, um, call, he played college baseball yeah. and he played lots of, um, like modified, at like big time ASA ball, yeah. ball and stuff. And he said that he was always taught that that was the rule, but you're, he said, but he, but out he, for retreating for retreating it would make when sense he played college baseball and everything. But he said he looked go. it up, the MLB rule. And it says that you, that, it, that you can, you can retreat. You can, even retreat. though there's no place for you to go. Right. Yep. That's crazy. 
Yeah, he, he said that he did look it up, and it, it is a rule that you're allowed to. I just can't believe that, like, I don't know, just the whole, the whole part where you're, that even goes through Baez's head. And, and, and is it, was he trying to make something happen? Or was he just on a, like, did he just not know? Right. Maybe a little bit of both. I think a little bit of both. Trying, cause he always, he's a flashy guy. Like he's always mm-hmm. trying to, I think somebody called it the Javi magic or whatever. Cause I think Cubs, Cubs fans really like him, right? Well, his nickname like, is El Mago, which is the magician. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The magician. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> he didn't need much sleight of hand to screw the pirates up. <laughs> All right. Just kind of. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's always been kind of like that, kind of like a uh, former for the Pirates. Josh Harrison was like that, like within the run. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was like, yeah, in the baselines, anything could happen. Right, and yeah. Javi's always kind of been like that with the swim moves on the slide and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he's also the guy who like congratulates the catcher on a throw before he's even tagged the guy out. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty funny. Yeah, but yeah. I still think <laughs> just I I, I just want to give the Pirates a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here. A tiny bit because they're getting just completely housed for this, which rightfully so. But I still think that Baez had no idea and thought that that run counted, regardless of what took place with him. He was just avoid. If I can avoid the tag long enough, that run scores were good, right? And that's not the case. Yeah, there was some ineptness. It seemed like everywhere, every whole play. And I talked to you about. It. I said, I said, I people are given in right, like we said, rightfully so. It was a horrible play. I, to give Craig a little bit, I guarantee it wasn't one of these things where he just had no clue. I I, I would almost guarantee immediately after that was done, he knew what he did yeah. wrong. Oh, yeah. It was a panic, he, a moment of panic, yeah, and he made a poor and choice. And the reactionary thing, and he yeah. knew immediately, he's like, what did I just do? He did like <laughs> he did something like uh, 2018 Josh Allen. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah or yep. 2019. Somewhere sugar, in there. Sugar Rush Josh. Sugar Rush Josh <laughs> Allen, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, what a play, though. I mean, yeah. people are now, you know, that I've seen some bad plays, though. I've seen, I mean, there was one where this is years ago, but I remember the Astros were playing the Pirates, and I was actually with Preston and Nate Fariska, and we were, uh, I think it was, it might have even been like Nate's bachelor party or something, but we were watching this game. Astros need one out to end it. Pop fly in the infield, and there's maybe just, just out past second base. And Altuve and Chris Carter like collide trying to catch it. Pirates score Chris and win. Carter, I forgot yeah. about him. Well, he was the like prototype of today's MLB player, yeah. home run or nothing. Yeah, I remember. Strike him. struck I out all about him two hundred and fifty times a year, but hit you know twenty five thirty yeah. homers. So, all right, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna be back with my hive, where Kylie and I are going to break down the. I guess we're just gonna what take a look at the starting. Projected starting quarterbacks for every NFL team. And QB competition. QB yeah. competitions. Yeah, possible uh, look at where there could be some controversy. So we will take a break and be right back with my hive. Hi, this is Ryan Klein, the host of the new pop culture podcast, Me, Myself, and Ryan. You can find me on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several other platforms. Special guests, breakaway shows, bonus episodes, cold beers, and a whole lot more. So what are you guys and gals waiting for? 
Subscribe now to the Me, Myself, and Rye podcast on Spotify or wherever it is that you get your shows and start listening today. down uh quarterback competitions potential controversies we're going to go through every team uh obviously some we won't necessarily need to spend any time on at all so we'll start out with the nfc uh because as i look at my afc list i started with the east and the bills are first and i don't want everybody to think we're just a bunch of homers over here you know which we are but i don't want them to think that so that's why we're not starting with the AFC. They know. Yeah, they know. <laughs> we aren't kidding anybody. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So the NFC East, which is the worst division in football, right? Terrible. Yeah. yeah. It has been for a while. years yeah. now, yeah. So the Giants obviously committed to Daniel Jones. You had mentioned who's their backup. Mike Clennon. So Daniel Jones is their guy. Uh, it's him or nothing, I right. say. Cowboys, Dak. Clearly their guy. Clearly, if they don't have him, they're in a whole lot of trouble. I'm curious to see how he plays this year. I'm starting to look kind of uh, – I'm starting to think that Dak could be a good NFL quarterback. Yeah, I I think Dak's good. They put a ton of weapons around him. They've built something really good offensively in Dallas. I mean, they got Zeke, mm-hmm. Cooper, uh, CeeDee Lamb. And they just pick up somebody else too, maybe. Maybe not. But – yeah, and, and if you remember, like, Dak was injured, what, after week four or five or something? And there was, like, three or two full NFL weeks that he didn't play, and he was still the league leader in passing. Right. So, I don't know. I just am starting to think that Dak could be good. It seemed like they were in a lot of shootouts. I don't know. Their defense struggled, I think, yeah. some. I don't know if that yeah. played some Oh, part, their but, defense was terrible. But, that's I mean, that's not his that fault. Draft, so... Right, and that, yeah. I mean that's not his fault. No, like, yeah, they were playing from behind right. all the time. Yeah, so, so that mean, could, yeah, that could be inflated passing stats too. Yeah, I think a little bit. It seems like a little bit, but so the Eagles, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it's him and Flacco. <laughs> they got Flacco now. Yeah, and I think Flacco's like kind of taking on, you know, the notion that he's a backup now. I if if it ends up being Flacco, then they're in big trouble. They're in huge trouble. <laughs> <laughs> If they turn to him, that means their yeah. Hurts experiment went real bad. Yeah, and I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts. I I like it's crazy how just he had like one good game off the bench there, and then obviously the controversy at the end of the season where they yanked him and put in whoever the hell they put in, and mm-hmm. it was just a mess. But yeah, I don't know. He was good in college, but that doesn't always translate. We'll see. So the Redskins, the football team. We call them the Redskins on this show. It's their name. It's what I know them as. It's how I'll always remember them. This is the big one in the division. It is the big With one. With the, the controversy. Division. So yeah. the football team, 
headed by Riverboat Ron, right? Fitzy, Kyle Allen, and Taylor Heineke. Heineke. Is that how you say it? So Fitzy, I think, is the projected starter. I would say so. But I think that Heineke kid had, like, a nice playoff game, didn't he? Mm -hmm. It'd be cool to see him do something. No offense to Fitzy, but, you know. I mean, they gave him a decent Why aren't people contract. mad at Fitzy for taking these young guys' jobs like they are at Tebow? <laughs> right. You know? Fitzy's whatever. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. that. So that'll be something to keep an eye on because I think that Heineke – I think Kyle Allen's probably the odd man out. I would think. Team. I mean, he's shown some flashes. It seems yeah. He got hurt last year. And he year. was in Carolina with, with Rivera, right? Right, yep. And, yeah, he's shown some flashes places. I, you just don't know. They're not – any like huge talent or big investment here. So, I mean, right. whoever plays the best is just probably going to stick in there. Yeah. Yeah. I would but, think so. so, I mean, I just hope it doesn't turn into a situation like the Dolphins last year where like they have a closer. Fitzy's in, then Heineke's in, then Heineke's <laughs> in, then Fitzy's in. And it, yeah, like they did with Tua, it was just a train wreck. So, on to the north, Chicago Bears obviously uh, signed Andy Dalton, put up a huge tweet about him being QB1. And then moved up and got Justin Fields. I think Fields is starting day one. Yeah. I do. What do you you think? Um, you think Dalton might have it? I to really, start? I really, no hope for Nick Foles, huh? No. <laughs> no. Um, no I, God bless his bank account. <laughs> Jesus, um, guy gets paid more to do nothing than anybody <laughs> I, I know. Um, yeah, I don't, I really don't know. I, you very well could be right. I feel like that it could go any direction here. I, yeah. I, I don't know what to think. I just know, I guess. I know they had their like rookie camp or OTAs and everybody was, just, you know, Raven, drooling man. over fields already. Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that with whatever, him and I've so. heard that with Lance too. And it's just a trial by fire league at this point. You know, the days of sitting behind somebody, they don't really necessarily happen too much. I don't think it's kind of get your guy and go. Mm-hmm. You know, and until you can draft your guy, you're using other people's old guys. It's pretty much what it is now. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I also don't take too much. I because I've heard that with a few of these young guys right now. But my thing is like, it's the same as when these videos came out about these guys throwing these passes to receivers that were not even being covered. Right. Like, yeah. Man, I mean, yeah. How much days, can you really take? Pro in, days are yeah. Yeah, that and I kind of take arm strength I, and accuracy, I and I kind of take OTAs the same way. Like, yeah, they're not. Yeah, there's know. no pre. It's not. It's nothing like real, yeah. real time. I kind of take all this yeah. talk right now with a grain of salt. Sure. So the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, obviously, uh, the Lions, Jared Goff, obviously. So those two, we really don't need to talk about. We know who's going to be there, barring injury. Uh, Packers, though. That's like the big question around the entire league because if they lose Rodgers, somebody's probably gaining Rodgers unless he retires, which I doubt he will. And uh, so Jordan Love is, you know, and then didn't they just pick up Blake Bortles? That's correct. So they have Blake Bortles, Jordan Love. Rodgers is the big question mark, though, because that, like I said, I mean, we're going to go through all of this, but that domino effect that that's going to have, you know, putting um, – I mean, you could see if let's just hypothetically, if Rodgers went to the Broncos, then do teams contact the Broncos, like the Texans, maybe, and say, you know, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, what do you want? Like, mm-hmm. so the domino effect that could have will be kind of interesting, but I don't know when it's going to happen. You'd think it's going to be soon. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I don't think it's. 
I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Rodgers could just sit out a year either, though, and not retire necessarily. Just not play. Like, boycott. I, I feel like he's going to. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think that that's also about not retire, but just not play here. But you mentioned Minnesota, right, Cousins? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility here that I could see Minnesota start out one and four or something like that, and they throw Kellen Mond in there. Oh, yeah. They drafted Kellen Mond. Yes. Yeah, that's true. There, there could be – if there's an, a slow start there, there could be some He's, frustration. He's uh, Texas with, A&M? Yes, yes, yep. Um, and there could be some frustration with fans, with Cousins, finally, if they get it off to a slow yeah, start. Yeah, if they have somebody – That's a very – Worthy of taking a look at. And that's probably what they've lacked the yeah. last few years because there's always frustration with Kirk Cousins. Right, exactly. From fans, regardless of where he's yeah. been, there's always been issue with fans because he's inconsistent play. And, yeah, I don't think the Vikings have ever had a guy behind him that they could just be like – that fans could rally and say, uh-huh. let's see what he can do. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I think – yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about Kellen Mond. So, the West, you know, three teams set in stone. Rams with Stafford, Cardinals with Kyler, Seahawks with Russ. Yep. And then the 49ers, obviously, is going to be the one that will be a question mark up until week one. Jimmy G – or Trey Lance. I could see it going either way. I personally think it's full Jimmy G. Yeah. This unless he gets hurt or plays horrible. I could I could get behind I, that too. I, 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 I really Trey think. Lance is probably the one that they said is like the biggest project. Right? Coming out of college. Yeah, that's from the draft, I mean so. did he he didn't even play last year, right? They didn't even have a season, their team. Yeah, I don't think they did. Yeah. North Dakota State. Right. Is that where yeah. went? Same place Wentz went. I believe that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So I, I really see this as like an Alex Smith Mahomes thing in Kansas City. Groom him. Yeah. What, I, one year and then. Which you never know. Could be wrong. Yeah. But I, that's just the way I see it right now. Yeah. And that very well could be it. But I think the, the issue that Shanahan's going to run into is media and fan pressure where. If there is a slow start or people's something. People's going to be. Yeah. They're going to want to see what Trey can mm-hmm. do because. Clearly, that's you know who they're thinking is the future of their organization. I just think so. that that team they had so many injuries last year. If they're just healthy, yeah, they're and, good. J- and Jimmy G's healthy, they're they're, good. they're, they're good, just going to be good. Yeah. So I don't think there's going to be. I just don't. If they don't get really unlucky with injuries again, I don't think there will be much of a controversy, right? Because I just think they're going to be good. Yeah, with Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the NFC South. Uh, this one, I. Th- well, yeah, I don't know. There's a couple teams here. The Bucks with Brady, the Falcons with Ryan, uh, the Panthers, Sam Darnold, gonna be the guy. Uncontested. Yeah, PJ Walker's think. the other guy. The, That's the XFL dude. Yeah, yeah. he played okay. Though, yeah, but but I think it's it would Darnold's job to lose, right? Yeah, they're they're all in on and him, I'm letting him. And you know me, they have Sam Darnold. I'm I'm a a backer. Yeah. I think that Darnold could still has a chance to be really good. Actually, I don't disagree. This past weekend, uh, I was up in Erie and we were at Coconut Joe's and I was in line for the bathroom. This dude walked out and he was like shorter, but like muscle built, but he looked like Sam Darnold. And I'm just standing there. So I'm like, you kind of look like Sam Darnold. And his buddy's like, Oh, do you know it isn't Sam Darnold? It's like, I don't know. Cause I'm not a fucking idiot. He's like 5'11. And not Sam Darnold, like he's just, yeah. It was. Just, were you there when Mo's band was playing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, we were, up, and that was, I think that was the night it happened. Yeah, because then uh, I ended up 
getting into an argument in the bathroom at the urinals with guys when I'm like, Sam Darnold's going to be good. Just give him time. They're all like, what? You're an idiot. I'm like, just wait. Just wait. So hopefully Sam doesn't let me down and that midway through next NFL season, those guys in Coconut Joe's bathroom are like, that dude was right. But they, they probably won't remember. It's, it's amazing that I remember, actually. Jameis, Saints. You think he's going to start? I think so. Who else? Taysom? Yeah, Taysom, Taysom Hill is obviously the other guy. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and not a little-known thing that I've heard some whispers, kind of the same thing where you take it with a grain of salt, but they drafted a quarterback, too. Did you know that? Yeah, who did they take? Ian Book from Notre Dame. Notre Dame. And I've heard some things that they kind of like him a lot. Really? I feel like that's got to be a little bit more of a project thing, right. I would imagine. But yeah. But I've heard, I, you know, I've heard some, you know, might just be, you know, grain of salt, like I said. But so he kind of got a, like, a little three way thing there. I imagine it's going to be Hill or Winston this year, though. I and that, and that's, yeah, I would think Winston. I like because, Winston. Yeah. I, I've, I've, and he's got talent around him and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, as long as he can quit stealing crab legs, then. <laughs> He'll be able to keep playing. Mm-hmm. So that wraps up the NFC. So we're going to switch gears here to the AFC. We'll start with the Bills. Josh Allen. I just love that dude. You know, I watched his interview the other day. This was great, actually. Uh, the Buffalo media is really, really trying to get him to discuss and open up about vaccinations. And he's just not having any of it. He's yeah, like, absolutely. it's a little... It's an internal conversation that I'm having with my teammates. Yeah. Like we're he got a blasted team, we're a little bit for being on Brant's right. thing. And now he's just clammed up about oh, it, which yeah, I don't it, blame him. This one guy was like relentlessly asking vaccination questions. And I'm reading the comments because it was on Facebook Live and people were just like, dude, let it go. He doesn't want to he doesn't want to talk about it. It's a none of your business. It's a medical personal decision. So just let it go. Like talk about OTAs. Talk about like Chemistry with new players and stuff like it's just. I saw a thing that said that the guys that are on the roster that have been vaccinated is in the single digits for the Bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not, and that's whatever. I mean, if they get it, I'm good with it. If they don't, I'm also good with that because it's their choice. So I'm not. I don't know. I just hate that whole the pressure from people that people are putting on other people. I just don't think it's right, especially when you're. You're talking about guys that are way without, way out of the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, they're not, um, they're not in danger with this thing. They're, they're all 20 to 30 year old guys who are in peak physical condition. They're not like, right. That, that defies everything with, but we won't get into that. <laughs> yeah. That's a, we could do a whole segment on yeah. the vaccination stuff, but yeah. So, but Josh Allen, just it, his maturity when he's doing press conferences and stuff, just watching him, I feel like I'm watching my child grow up mm-hmm. before my eyes and just watching him from year one to year three. And just, if he can get a little bit better each year, I mean, he's going to be, in the in the one hundred percent, like with the Pat Mahomes conversation, like the two best quarterbacks in the league, because he just had a fantastic season. Diggs obviously helped, but his throwing, his decision making, everything. All right, I will quit ranting about Josh Allen because I I could do that for a whole segment too. Just love that dude. Uh, Tua Tua's settling in as the starter. And did you read that um, the what we observed on the field from Tua last year? I actually saw. 
that he wasn't comfortable calling plays and didn't know the playbook very well. So maybe that's something that, you know, if that those pieces fall into place and he decides to open it and study it, maybe he'll be, you know, a little more effective than he was last year. But he, I mean, I gave Tua a rough time because I just thought he played terrible. He looked uncomfortable all the time. And, you know, just as a fan, being a fan, and also a fan of the Bills, not really caring much for Miami. I, I ragged on him a lot, but at the same time, I'm like, it's his first season. Yeah. You can't – Peyton Manning, not to say anybody's going to be Peyton Manning, but it's just a great thing to, to throw out there for any player. Peyton Manning was 2-14 and 14 his first year in the league. Josh Allen was very underwhelming his first two years. Jo- yeah, Josh <laughs> Allen raised a lot of questions from – First two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So – who knows what will happen with Tua. The Patriots, we have old Scam Newton, as uh, as quoted by Skeddy on Sports, Scam Newton, and Mac Jones. Probably going to be Scam. I, I guess. I don't. It's hard to say with Belichick. Could be Brian Hoyer. For Could be on. Brian Hoyer. They <laughs> did sign Brian Hoyer. The destroyer. Hoyer the destroyer. So, yeah, I don't. That one's just, but I mean, that one's one that's going to be up for controversy this season. I, I'll guarantee that right now. Newton won't play Probably. well enough. If Newton wins the starting job, which I assume he will, he won't play well enough all season long for a fan base and coaches to just be like, yep, that's our dude. I mean, he was like, what, eight touchdowns, 11 interceptions, or I can't remember what it was last year. He didn't throw double digit touchdowns. He played the whole year, right? I don't think he missed yes. any time. Um, Maybe a couple games. Even if he did, even if he missed five games, he still only threw eight touchdowns yeah. out of sixteen games. Yeah, it's. I I wouldn't be surprised to see that situation with more than one change. Like I don't think that that's just going to be like even necessarily going to be like Cam plays four week. The first four weeks plays bad. They put Mac Jones and yeah, and then they go back to Cam. Like I could very well see. Yeah. Like I could see that there being a lot of flip flop in there. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I think we see both of them this year for sure. Maybe multiple times. Yeah, yeah. So the Jets, Zach Wilson, without a doubt, one hundred percent is their guy. And the reason we say this is because his backup quarterbacks, neither of us have even heard James of. Morgan and Mike White, who I couldn't tell you one thing about either of those two guys, where they went to school, how long they've been in the NFL. I, I you've never heard of either of them, right? Me neither. So Zach Wilson, best of luck to you. <laughs> Don't get hurt either, because otherwise the Jets might never score again. Right. Uh, NFC North, or I'm sorry, the AFC North Steelers, obviously Ben, but I do think uh, if there's some poor play, we could see a Dwayne Haskins scenario. That's all they got, though, right? Those two. They still have Rudolph, right? Yeah, I don't think he counts anymore, though. <laughs> He's pretty bad. I don't know that he's any worse than Haskins. Than Haskins, yeah. But <laughs> I think they could. The Steelers could make the argument that they've tried the Mason Rudolph thing with their system; it doesn't work. So they could say, "Let's at least try out Dwayne. He might not be good, but right. at least he, you know, he. It's a new thing to look at, like a new toy. So this whole division's pretty set. In style, yeah, I think. it is. <laughs> yeah, Ben, Lamar, Burrow, Baker. There's really nothing, barring injury. There's nothing that's going to change any of that. The West, uh, I think you have two teams set in stone with Mahomes and Herbert. 
the Raiders car is always a question mark of whether, cause he's just been another model of, and he's like Kirk Cousins kind of. Do they model still have Mariota? Yes, they do. Okay. So that's, a, and, and Gruden loves him some Mariota. So I could see, you know, that could end up being a thing if the Raiders are playing poorly and Carr's playing poorly. You could definitely I think see Carr's it. better than he gets credit for. I think he is too. But they, he's, he's their best so receiver was Nelson Aguilar, I think. Yeah, that's last true year. too. Yeah. He doesn't have a whole lot to work I mean, with. they have Waller, uh, obviously. And, but, uh, but just receiver Jacobs, wise. Josh Jacobs. And he, back, yeah. yeah, but Waller, I Waller, mean, yeah. Waller also. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, receiver wise though, just not nothing. Ruggs was hurt and banged up all year, and yeah. I don't know. They just, I don't know. And he had a pretty good year quietly. I think he only threw like four interceptions or something. Really? Like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I would not have known that. So then they have the Broncos too with Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, and obviously they're a hot candidate for a trade for Aaron Rodgers. So, but I would think I I, I could see Bridgewater taking that job from Drew Locke though. Very easily. Yeah. Drew Locke is not good. And did you like I think maybe we talked about this before. Or maybe I just talked about it to somebody recently. But did you ever see that quote from Drew Locke when somebody asked him what goes through your head after you let go of a ball? And he goes, Usually right when I let go of it, I go, Oh no. That's good. <laughs> Some, it's like Sam Darnold, I see ghosts. Yeah. First thing with confidence. All right. Yeah. So I think Bridgewater and I like Bridgewater, so I think he could I think he could take that job. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think. Yeah, I don't. I think both of them are kind of underwhelming. I don't think either of yeah. them have a great chance. Right is the thing. But yeah, yeah, it doesn't give them a great chance to win. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. So the AFC South, we have uh, pretty much, I'd say, just one team in this division that has a whole lot of question marks because you got the Colts, Carson Wentz back with Frank Reich, which could be a good thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He wasn't bad at times, but he was at MVP running that one year. Yeah. And that was with hurt. Frank Reich. Right. So right. Reich wanted him. Mm-hmm. Titans, Tannehill. Yeah. I don't even know who his backup is. Oh. Nobody? Nobody. Just Tannehill. Yep. Derek Henry. <laughs> Derek Henry. Yeah, he Wildcat. <laughs> uh, the Jaguars, clearly, Trevor Lawrence is going to be starting week one. I don't think there's any way that doesn't happen unless yeah. he gets hurt. Yeah. Uh, Texans, this is the, the uh-huh. big, you know, what if here. Because we still have nothing, no news of what's going on with Watson as far as the team goes. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see him this year. I don't think he's, I think he's going to get suspended. They just haven't done it yet. I think they're kind of NFL's quietly winning. I haven't really kept up too much on what's. So I just looked into it the other day because I know it's something that I need to bring back around on the things that sting because we had been keeping up with it, but it kind of went dark for a little while. Like there wasn't much news, but there's some, a couple things happening with it. A couple suits were settled and stuff like that. So I'm going to, I'll have to do that again on another episode, but I just think that the NFL is kind of waiting to see what happens with him legally before they come down with their, you know, their suspension or their punishment, fine, and whatever. I mean, who knows? He could miss a whole year just because of that. I mean, these are serious allegations he's facing. It's not like, you know, he got a DUI or he, uh, you know, stole crab legs. Like, yeah. what he's facing criminally is in the realm of, like, several years in prison. And, you know, it's just crazy how many, yeah, a lot of accusers and stuff. So, but if he's not there... 
I think we get to watch a full season of Tarad. Tarad Taylor. Yeah, maybe. Didn't they take Davis Webb? Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Davis, Davis Webb's, Webb's on the Bills. I Davis believe. Webb is the one of the Bills backups. Like way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still he Yeah, he's still on the roster. Yeah. 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 There's and they signed Dr- Jeff Driscoll as well. He was Texans did? Yeah, he was Jeff in Driscoll. Oh yeah, because they didn't they trade for Ryan Finley too, but then they already cut him. That could be true. That but I'm the trade sure. that they did was like a swap and release and it didn't affect anything. So yeah, so Taylor, I would think Tyrod wins that job. I would think to start out. Yeah. Until I would he, agree, but I, I wouldn't really bad, be though. surprised if he underwhelms like yeah. usual and they give somebody else a yeah, shot. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Because they're going to be bad, so. <laughs> People just, yeah. Even with Watson, they're probably not going to be great. <laughs> he's had a, yeah. Well, yeah. They're probably so, not. I mean, that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> they have nobody. Right. Cooks. I feel bad for him, really. Brandon he's Cooks. Got, he's got to get out of there. <laughs> they still got that Kiki. Kuti, yeah. Kuti, yeah. So, yeah, they're in trouble. And I don't even know what they did with the draft. I don't think they have any picks, like, for the next 10 right. years, yeah. right? Yeah. They, I think I think Mills was, like, their first pick, and it was, like, this a third-round third round. pick. Yeah. Because yeah. they just, yeah, they traded everybody away for a bunch, or all their picks away for a I bunch of I think they players. had three picks in the draft or something like that. I know the Seahawks had three. Maybe they have four then. Yeah. Seahawks were the lowest with three, so maybe they had four or five. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that uh, I think wraps up the look at all the QBs. So, Kylie, thank you for being on the show again. Anytime. You'll, you'll be on again soon, probably, I don't know, next week or the week after or something. But it's fun. Maybe we can look into, like, the defenses or running. The, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll talk about it. All right. Going to take a break. I'll be back with closing. Thanks for listening, everybody. That wraps up this week's episode of the Beehive Sports Podcast. Thank the sponsors, D9and10sports.com and the Me, Myself, and Rye Podcast. If you're interested in any advertising, your business, show, whatever, please feel free to reach out to me, jbsports at gmail.com, or message me on the Facebook page. If you have an agreement drawn up, uh, I can get you that, the prices, everything that we have to offer. Thank you, Kylie, for being on the show. Appreciate it. As always, like I said, he's becoming more of a part of the show rather than a guest, and I'm totally cool with that. It's good stuff. Top fans on the Facebook page, be prepared. The koozies are going to probably be here this week, I would think. And when they show up, I'll be in contact with all of you. And until next week, everybody take care. 